action and welcome back to another episode of Rip Thrill Podcast. It is episode 42 and I will start off by saying we've made it. Uh, we've arrived. <laughs> we've, we've said it a couple times on the journey, Mitch, but today I, I genuinely feel like we've arrived. This hits home a little bit. Yeah. We've had this goal since like day one, kind of like, oh man, we're going to be the biggest things going around. We'll be killing it, get our own studio space. And today we've done it. It's sort of like half... Half we are, half we aren't, but like we're still recording our podcast in SEN's Brisbane headquarters studio. It is looking good. We've got our long-time listener, first-time producer, Jack, looking after the decks over there. Shout out, Jack. Shout out, Jack. Absolutely. Welcome to the team. Let's go. But yeah, what do you think of the space, mate? I feel like Stephen A. Smith from ESPN. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I genuinely feel like if, you know, when when you told me there was an underground car park, that was that I knew we were in for a shock. How many laps did you do before you found out that we had uh, that? I think Jazz and I, uh, who is obviously here with us today, uh, I think we did about three laps around <laughs> until we found it. And you could have just told me it was the biggest building on the street. And yeah. No, I would have found it. I was trying to tell you that, yeah, we're in Fortitude Valley. Traffic's not great. I was late to the radio this morning. So obviously the people don't know, I do a little segment with um, Hills and Welshie uh, in the morning. Um, so that's what I kind of led to this. And, you know, shout out to Craig Hutchison, who's obviously been on the uh, helping us out with that. So we are here. We've arrived. Players podcast, people's podcast. Um, we're here, mate. So just the thing. We started in the basement. Uh, a very <laughs> nice basement. We I started might, in I might my add. bedroom. A <laughs> bedroom. Yeah, sorry. That's like a Bill Gates type thing, isn't it? Starting in the, which the was, garage. Which has always been a tremendous setup for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not complaining, but this has gone next level. So we've, we've got the audio. We've got the uh, video hopefully synced up. This gets sent to Melbourne and we go from there. But this is a big, big deal for us. Absolutely. No, this is a milestone. This is just uh, another one. And as I said, if I was ever going to feel like Stephen A. Smith, I think today, Today, so that's your guy. That's um, it. That's it. Mate, mate, how, how you been? Well, mate, it's been. Oh, we were just trying to work this out. Like how long it's been since we obviously Ooh. did our last podcast. We did Joey Danaher. So obviously that's that's mm. before the season started. We had Joey Danaher. That blew up. That did very well. And yep. then we and then I just went MIA for a little bit. And then you were stuck in Melbourne for two weeks. Yeah. Okay. Um, so talk us through about that because we haven't had a chance to, to chat through it. So yep. you obviously early in the season you travelled to to Melbourne for the Geelong game. Yeah. Um, meant to be two nights. Which meant, meant to be two nights. You packed. For two nights, yeah. I'm assuming. Yeah, pack and one pair of jocks because I like to free ball every now and then. But. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you, you obviously hear during the game that there's been some quarantine issues. So at what point did you – because there were people having to leave the stadium yeah. on that Friday night. So yeah. at, at what point did you realise, holy, holy shit, something's happening here? Straight after the game because they didn't tell us on purpose. They didn't mm. want us to get sidetracked from what was happening. But the funny thing is like Hodgie, like obviously Hodgie's the biggest thing going around. He got kicked out before the game started. So he was on the commentary mm. panel and they just said, no, you can't be here, you're you know, from Brisbane, you got to leave. So I thought it was bizarre. Straight after the game, we found out that um, the likelihood of us going home the next couple of days was going to be pretty rough. And I've spoken about it before on radio with with these guys, but it was just it was just a whirlwind of a couple of weeks. Um, you just lost against Geelong by a point in a controversial way. Um, and then we get like stuck in a hotel room for a couple of days, getting tested straight away, like... And I was that sore after the game. Obviously, Geelong, you know, down there in the Cattery is always going to be a hard game. So we're just stuck in, stuck in there. And then, and then we got, so we went from Geelong to Melbourne. We stayed there for the night. We're meant to fly home the next day. Got on the bus, packed all our stuff, bushy-eyed, ready to go home. Just wanted to see my missus and the kids. And then we got kicked off the bus, staying in Melbourne for two weeks. Um, and then we just sucked it up and got on with it, really. But it was just crazy. And now we see a situation where it's kind of happening again for, for the WA teams. Um, obviously, there's a... There's a one case outbreak there, and mm. um, they shut the borders, and um, we're now playing Fremantle in Gabba this week. So it's going to be 
a big game for us. But yeah, it's just been you know what are we round eight this weekend? It's just yeah. been it's just been a crazy crazy start of the season already for us. Yeah, oh, Fremantle haven't played in front of a crowd for two weeks, I think. No, they um, haven't. So then they played the derby mm. versus nobody. Like there's no yeah. one in the crowd. So that's obviously um, a, a big a very big game in their calendar. And to have no one in the stands is uh. This doesn't doesn't feel right for them. So um, yeah, they 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 had a big loss, and they they won't they won't um, be happy with that, and they'll come firing this week. And they're going to use this. I was saying before, they're going to use this as ammunition, uh, a little bit of fire in the belly, like oh, let's just get this done. If we got to go to Brisbane and get a big scalp, that mm-hmm. that'd be great work for them. So we're in our illusions. Fremont are going to come out very hard this week, but we'll talk about that later anyway. But. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we'll talk about the season, but it'd be prudent of me not to ask the question because we've all saw the photos of the staples in the eye. Yeah. Um, and we're all on, we'll all on watch to try and figure out whether you'd be able to back it up after the weekend. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, I'm looking at you now. You look like you're, you, you, on the men towards recovery, there's no yeah, staples. But, no staples. But what, what's what's it been like over the last couple of weeks? Well, my modelling career is still there. I've still got a you know a couple of contracts with the big companies, but <laughs> um, shout out Puma. No, um, it, it was a it was a I knew straight away that it wasn't a good good cut. You feel a lot of uh, blood rush to your face, and you feel it like come out straight away. Um, so I knew there was going to be a few stitches there. But when we went down with Doc, um, I wouldn't have been able to get stitches, and then like it would, it would have taken too long to get back out on the ground. So the next best thing was staples. So I was literally just you know, jabbed it and then like numbed it and then just stapled it up and I was back out there. So I was thinking in my head, look, I, I rarely get hit in the face that often in a game, probably like, mm. you know, two to three times a, ge- a game. Um, so I should be able to get through this. Um, didn't get hit in the face the rest of that game, but yeah, had the staples taken out the next day when I got um, back to Brisbane. Um, so he would take out one staple, put a stitch in, then go two down, take another staple oh, out, put a stitch in. Kidding. So it was a pretty lengthy process of that. Um, and... I just felt real squirmy because it's it's numb, but you feel him just you know tugging on your cheek, mm. pulling the stitch up, and then pulling the, pulling the staple out. Like it's yeah. just it's not the greatest feeling in the world. But once the stitches were in, um, I was I was sweet to go. So I trained all week. So there was there was nothing in your mind to say, okay, I'm done for the day. I'm not, nah. not going to no, 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 especially not against you know, my old team. I'm not going to I'm not yeah. going to not play that rest of that game out. So. Um, and it was fine to do it. If I got hit in the face, like I'm sure it would have been a bit tickly, but um, didn't happen. But yeah, so I was fine to play against. Um, who did you play on the weekend? Uh, About Port Adelaide. I was fine to play against Port Adelaide. I don't have concussion guys, trust me. Yeah. Um, we were fine to play against Port Adelaide. Trained all through the week with contacts and stuff, and it was fine. Um, I got hit in the face late in the game, like literally mm. last play, and it started bleeding again. But Got the stitches out yesterday, um, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. But that, that was that was pretty much the saga of the the eye issue. And now I've got a pretty cool scar. I've got a little bit of bandages on it now, but um, I'm gonna look pretty cool. The chick stick the scars. The chick stick scars. Yeah, yeah, like, come yeah. on, tell, yeah. tell a story. Tell but, a story. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, I, I was happy. I was happy the way that the Doc McConnell shout to him. He's you know done the likes of John O'Brown's stitches before, yeah, and yeah. he rated me top ten. So I was like top ten out of like everything he's seen. That's. He must have quality. seen some pretty bad things because yeah, that, that didn't look that great. He's seen some. T- he's, he's seen, seen some, some things. He's seen some. John O'Brown. He's seen some things. Let's be honest. <laughs> so but. what what's what's it been like? I suppose over the last few weeks because it seems like the the season's kind of been back on track for you boys. Yeah. And, and I, I kind of get a sense, obviously, talking to you off air, that um, there does seem to be some momentum building behind the scenes. But you tell us. I mean, how does how does the the club at the moment kind of see where it sits in the in the season? Yeah, we never really got to panic stations. Per se, like we we understood that we lost the first two games. Um, we didn't we didn't turn up to play against Sydney Swans. They did. They were in fine form at the time, and they've you know I think they won four in a row or something like that. And they they were flying. The young guns got a got a sniff of what a win feels like, and they were riding that high for a long for a you know, for four to five weeks there. So unfortunately, yeah, we lost the Sydney Swans at home in front of our you know home opener in front of uh, a lot of our fans, and that was a little bit disappointing. But 
uh, we played a pretty good game against Geelong. We gave them a head start um, and we came home strong. Um, a lot of people say we should have won, which I agree, but whatever happens, that's you know, mm. you can't change the four points. You don't have them on the board. So we understood that the game against Collingwood was going to be a massive one for us to get our uh, season back on track. Um, but we were never like panicking about, you know, what our good footy looks like. Are we going downhill now or anything like that? We just understood that, you know, we had a late start to pre-season. We started in January. We're still like figuring out some things in our forward line with Joe Danaher, mm. a bit new inclusion and, and what that looks like and how, how we, uh, how we continue our, our ball movement like we did the year before. So a lot of teams are still, we're figuring that out and it feels like we kind of got that now. So, um, you know, I think we've won th- three out of a, we lost against Bulldogs, we won like yep. four out of the last five games. So we've played some really good opposition um, and we're just starting to feel like we're, you know, getting that momentum back and feeling like we are playing the Lions brand again. So um, it took a few home truths early in the season, uh, a lot of reviews and understanding what works for us and what the trends are because you don't really get a good grasp on what the trend's happening in, in, in the AFL like two or like four weeks in and mm. then you start figuring out like the stats start making sense um, after a few games, like your win-loss, what, what we did right, what we did wrong. So, um, but yeah, we're starting to feel pretty confident now. Like the, a lot of boys are up and about. Obviously, we lost Lockie Neal, which is a big big one for us, but he'll be back in, you know, f- I think five or six weeks for us and he'll come back bigger and stronger. He was battling some injuries and stuff mm. first off the bat in the first few weeks of the season. So... A lot of boys starting to get a lot of running their legs now, starting to feel fitter, stronger again, and um, we're looking forward to the um, Fremantle this week. So the last time we had a chance to catch up uh, was with Joe Danaher as yeah. well. And, yeah. I mean, you said to me during the summer, geez, he is just training the house down. Yeah. And it was just looking delicious with yeah. how he was going. And and you kind of get a sense now that he's starting to feel more comfortable playing yeah. in, in, in the system um, at Brisbane. Do you kind of get a sense of that as a teammate? Because it, w- it wouldn't have been easy for him sort of coming into a new city, new environment, new mm-hmm. club, and then trying to, I suppose, you know, just find that consistency, which he told us during the summer was hard for him over the last few yeah. years, just given the way that his body has been. But do you kind of get a sense that we're now starting to see what he's really going to be able to bring to your club? 100%. I'm just wrapped that the continuity is getting out of his body. Um, you know, his past few years have been, he spoke about it openly on the podcast that he's been struggling body-wise <clears throat> for so many years now. And to see him doing all these little extras and getting through every main training that we're doing, he hasn't, I, think, I don't think he's had a session off, to be honest. He's mm. just been training the house down. And we saw glimpses of what he's capable of in the preseason games against Gold Coast, kicking bags, all that kind of stuff. Macca went down, Dan McStay went down, and he had to play that more of a forward role, um, like stay home forward. Now Macca's come back in, he can play up the ground. He's, uh, he's getting career-high disposals every week now, um, and he's playing that second ruckman role really well. So um, we're, I'm very excited. I don't think he's hit his best yet, that's for sure. I know he, he's going to break a game open soon. Like He's still missing a couple of easy goals here and there, mm. but he's kicking ones that are really reliable for us, and um, I'm excited to see what – when he starts feeling 100% comfortable and understanding the, the structures and everything down pat, what he's going to be able to bring for us. So we see it at training all the time, some of the things he's – and he's he's really good um, off the field in he, the way he speaks in meetings and stuff that I probably didn't expect him to be able to um, bring to the table so early. So he's been really good for us, and I can't wait to see him um, really just kick a big bag one game. And oh, we're, I think we're all waiting for off. it. It's yeah. not far off. That's um, what I mean. You can kind of see each week he's becoming yeah, more comfortable. Exactly. And, and and I think, as you said, the, the the forward group in itself is starting to mesh really it's well. It's starting to shape now. So we're starting to get a bit of um, continuity in there, a bit of consistency with the, the blokes in there. <clears throat> and um, early days we kind of had um, players coming in and out of that, that forward line. Now we're kind of got a set of structure and it's, it's kind of starting to fire. So 
Um, you know, we're close to kicking 100 points most weeks, and that's that's usually wins your games. Obviously, our defense first um, and go from there. But, no, he, he's, he's going to be very exciting for us. Yeah, so I suppose looking around the league, because we haven't had a chance to sort of, I suppose, start to, to sort of see all the news headlines yeah. that are starting to come up. And yeah. we spoke about last night, you know, I suppose there's so much happening around the league, and, and we're probably not going to be able to get to everything today but yeah, we'll figure uh, that out we, we, we did see actually though on our on our little uh monitors up here that there is a demon that's just signed on for yeah. the end of 2021 i believe it was uh oh, sorry 2028 no, 2029 uh, 2029 yeah so he signed an eight-year deal i'm pretty yeah. sure so. which which is massive for for christian yeah. Petrarca, who yeah. obviously we're talking about i mean how, how have you seen his growth over the last couple of years because he, he had a breakthrough year last year yep. and everyone kind of tipped him to potentially be a smoky for the for the brown low medal this yeah. year um he started the year well and geez melbourne are just flying they are so i've always said this on the podcast like they've got a very very talented list uh, when they went to the prelim Obviously, that was a massive loss against West Coast when they lost that one. And then they, um, you know, they sat down the bottom of the ladder for the next year and a bit. I always said, like, they're not far off. Like, they're always going to, like, when we spoke to Gorney, he was like, yeah, mm. it, it, they couldn't put the finger on what was happening. But the, their list and the, the talent they had on there could easily take them to a grand final. And we're starting to see that now. Um, obviously, with Christian Mataka signing on, that's huge for them. He's, you know, one of the key key reasons to why they're playing so well. I probably didn't predict them to win <coughs> every game so far because, you know, they played against some really good opposition um, and they, they seem to be keep winning these games. And that's going to be sustainable because they win that hardball. They win a lot of contested footy. And the, you see these teams get a lot of stats and stuff, but their handball chains are very effective and they go forward and they've got some targets kicking goals now where they probably didn't have that, you know, full forward kicking kicking bags. But now they've got a good mix of players. And Bailey Fritch is kicking fives and fours mm. here and there. And McDonald's kicking a couple goals here and there. So... Everyone's kind of finding their feet in, the, in that forward line and their midfield are you know, very strong with Gorn, Oliver, Petrarca, Viney, like it list goes on and on. So um, they've got a good balance at the moment and they're going to be a very hard team to beat. But that's that's a massive signing. I've, I've only seen probably Buddy Franklin sign that 10-year deal and then mm. this is probably the second biggest one I've seen. And I'm not sure about the X's and O's, how much dollars he's getting, but... The tenure, though, yeah, absolutely. I'd definitely say it's the longest one. I've one of the longest ones I've seen, and I dare say it's probably going to be heavily front-ended and then like probably dip off towards the back. But mm. he's he's... It's massive signing for them, that's for sure. Yeah, so and they've they've got they've got all the pieces. I mean, yeah. as you, you spoke about the depth. I mean, even bringing in Ben Brown over the over the summer. Yeah. I mean, that's he, he only just played his first game on the weekend. Yeah. Um. And and really, if you look at their so you look at their upcoming games, they've got uh they've got Sydney this weekend. They've got um Carlton next week, and then they've got the Adelaide Crows. Yeah. They, they could be nine and one after yeah. the first ten rounds, which would be extraordinary for them, given. I suppose if, if there was one coach under pressure coming into this year, a lot of people had Simon Goodwin um, yeah. as as that as that coach. Yeah. Um, so that, that turnaround has been enormous. It has. And it goes to show you the resilience they've got down there. I don't want to keep pumping up Melbourne because they're, they're our opposition, but they're, they're, they're having a very good year. And as you said, you know, there's probably – he was probably up there with those coaches that were probably going to cop it a little bit this year if they went similar to last year. And um, I guess, you know, there's some other coaches in the league now that have probably taken that limelight from him. But – no, they're, they're doing really well down there, and uh, I can't wait to play them and see how we go against the, one of the best, better teams in the comp. Yeah, now, I, I suppose a club that, that isn't going so well at the moment and just seems to be in the headlines is Collingwood, and, and we're not going to 
Sport of Make This the Collingwood podcast because everyone else is spending their, their one <laughs> They've got hour their own podcast. Sort of talk. Well, everyone, everyone's spending time talking about Collingwood, so we, we didn't yeah. want to do that. But it, would be, it, it wouldn't be right for us not to sort of mention the, the, the commentary that's going on at the moment and the reports that are coming out around uh, Jordan Degoe. Yeah. Um, now, I, I know you've had a chance to, to deal with Joe, to go in the past through Pume and what have you, but it seems a little bit unfair with some of the criticism that he's getting. Yeah. Um, oh, there was a, there was a report saying that the player leadership group um, pulled to go aside after the game on the weekend and gave him some honest truths, which uh, Taylor Adams actually came out and refuted via Twitter to mm-hmm. say that was garbage. But it just seems like there is a lot of heat coming for, for Jordan and, and I suppose some of the comparisons that he's been made to, he certainly yeah. hasn't drawn those comparisons to himself. But I think even Scott Pendlebury said in the pregame uh, leading into the to, to the game on the weekend that he wouldn't want to be a forward playing for Collingwood at the moment, um, just given the, the ball that's coming in. So do you kind of feel it's a little bit unfair with, with some of the criticism that's coming for him? A hundred percent. People... The media are always going to compare him to the <clears throat> to Dusty because he's got the tattoos, he's got the flair, he's got all that. But he he hasn't he hasn't come out in the media and gone, look, I'll, I'm Dustin Martin 2.0. Like compare me to him, please, get everybody. Um, obviously, he's had a, a couple of things in the past that you know he's rectified now, and, and he played some good footy last year and and this year. Obviously, his career. I've looked at his career numbers. Like there, he's a little bit below in in what his output. But to be honest, to be a forward. When you're in a losing team, which I've I've been before, it's not the easiest thing in the world. And they've tried to push him up in the midfield and get him some more, um, get him to run more contests, get his hands on the ball. Because when he does get it, he's very dangerous with it. When we when we played him, we had a focus on Dugowie that we didn't want him to get the ball in the center bounce and then clear it and then sprint forward and get on the end of the next one because that's what he's capable of. So we went to no illusions that he's a very good player in that regards. But yeah, there's a. It's always going to happen if there's a, there's a team, if you're a Colton, Essendon, Collingwood or Richmond and you're down the bottom of the ladder, you're going to sell papers putting dirt on them or just talking about one of their players. So it makes sense that as to go, they're going to go after him for as till he starts kicking bags or doing something special again. It's just going to happen and, and unless they're winning games. Like I don't remember them having too much of a go at them last year. No, they were about last year. Mm. Um, they, I think they play finals. Yeah, they play finals yep. last year. Yep. I didn't see anything about them last year. So it's, it's all about how the team's going as well. And then they, they nitpick things out of there and try and find um, something that's going to sell papers. And then, unfortunately, at the moment, that's to go. But I think it's unwarranted. He's just playing his game. He's trying to get involved in, in situations. And if Alicia could... Leisha Group did pull him aside. I dare say it's probably something to do with defensive efforts. I'm, that's just what I'm going to throw that. I've mm. got no idea if that's the case or not. But that's the only reason they would probably pull him aside for that re- in that for that regard. So um, go- going forward, you know, you just want to see him come out and just you can't really you can't really come out and just say, look, I'm just you know I'm just struggling a little bit at the moment. I just want to keep playing footy and try and find my way back into it. Like mm. you can't really do that. But you know he's going to come out and. and the boys are going to all going to be around him. They're going to support him no matter what, and uh, and go from there. But it's a tough one. Like you, you don't want to pick a player out and say, "Oh, they're just going to ride him till something happens." I'm not yeah. too sure if um you know the, you see Buckley who's in the same similar situation at the moment. He's just copying it left, right, and center, and people are asking for him to get sacked. And I've been through that before as well. Like I've been mm-hmm. at a club um, where you know Brett Radden got sacked. We didn't make finals one year, and they brought Mouldhouse in to fill fill his spot. So. Obviously, Lepper got sacked as well. Mm. Um, I've been through that situation, and usually that's the first thing that happens when a team's getting hounded and hounded week in week. Like it's in the paper every day. Like I can't get away from it. Yeah, moment, it, mate, so. it, it, like I, I don't think Gold Coast got even mentioned for winning the game. Like it was all Collingwood. I don't think we did either. And we yeah. beat like you know, potentially a team that's going to play in the grand final this year. Like, mm. and we didn't get any, any any traction for that. So I'm not I'm not crying out to get like pats on the backs and stuff. But like you just see like the like 
we're, we're kind of shunned from the Melbourne media. We don't really see mm. too much, but if you're watching Fox footy and everything like that, it's just always on there and it's just talking about, you know, him at the moment. So hopefully yeah. uh, he comes through and he, he plays well soon. You, you spoke about Buckley. I mean, we, we're not going to get into it, but is it harder when it's a favourite son? You know, is it, do, I, you, do yeah. you think it's harder? Like, I mean, talk about uh, Leper. Well, Le- two Le- of my coaches a... were champions of the club. Mm. Like Rats was uh, obviously a, a legend of the, the Colton footy club and Leper was also like, you know, fullback of the century or mm. backline. Yeah, for the Brisbane Lions, so it's always hard breaking that relationship or having those conversations. I I think would be very very hard with with that with that coach. So I'm not a fan of like um, players coaching the club, especially like um, well Tigi was a coach um, at uh, a player at, at at the Blues, and he yeah. won a best and fairest there. But obviously he went to Adelaide and then had the relationship with the guys and came back. So that's yeah. a little bit different. But even Vossi, even Vossi. So mm. it, yeah, he got set. So it, it's hard. I think in heard. Mm. Her stuff, so I think it's hard for a for a champion player to then coach a club, and it's it's just such an awkward situation when it goes down the track of um you know being let go or moved on because you know functions down the track it's always going to be a bit oh, awkward. So absolutely. I don't know, I'm not a massive fan of it, but like obviously it's a you know dream if you want to be a coach, what better way to coach the club you played for would be always a way to go. Yeah, absolutely. And you spoke about Carlton. There's there's two stars at the moment that are starting to come to the fore in. Uh, Patrick Cripps, who we already know, and obviously yeah. Harry McCoy, and they're coming out yep. of contract. And there's there's all this chatter now about who would you invest in and and what have you. But uh, I mean, there seems to be this talk about almost diminishing the value of Patrick Cripps to yeah. some way. I don't know whether you're feeling this. No, or I can but see I, it. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like you know we're, we're talking about a player in two of the last three years. He's been uh, an All Australian. Yeah, he's finished second in the MVP voting for the AFL yeah. MVP. Yeah. Um, and it just seems like how, how at what point did we stop recognizing him from a market value as a million dollar player? Like it seems like he's yeah. not kind of being spoken about in that light anymore. I just think that it's been purely the start of the year. Um, he hasn't been putting up the numbers that he usually puts up. Everyone seemed to think that this new stand the mark rules going against him, and he's not getting the same output from him. The game's gone faster. You know, he's not the fastest guy in the competition, but the work he does around the contest is ridiculous. Um, and then teams might try and exploit that on the way out. That's what that's what I see people talking about or mentioning that, um, yeah, once he gets a job done on the inside, what's next? Hmm. He can go forward, kick goals. We know that. He's just, he's settled in the, the cold midfield. He's been a leader for them. He's been carrying them for a long time. Like, his back must be sore. He, obviously, his shoulders are sore um, from that in that regards. But I, if I was going to now, like, if I could choose one player, it'd be probably Mackay. Um, he's, he's playing some great footy. I think he's a lot younger mm. in that in that in that in terms of that. So and he's kicking bags most weeks. Um he does a unconventional left foot snap every time he goes for goal, but it works for him. But Cripps has honestly been one of the best servants of that club since I, I had one year with him and from then on he's been like one of the best players in the competition as a midfielder. Mm. So I don't I don't understand where his values dropped off suddenly from the like first six, seven weeks in, in the start of this season. I don't see where that's come from. Um he plays through injury like no other bloke. And I know he's for a always fact, out there. I know for a fact that he's played through some injuries that I would be like, oh, mate, just have a week or two off. But he feels like he has to be out there for that club and he's put everything on the on the line for that club. So I dare say it will be up to him if he wants to sign or go somewhere. Um, I, I've seen reports last year that, you know, if they don't play finals this year, that he's going to go to back to WA and back to his hometown and stuff. So I've seen that. You don't know what truth that is, but um, I know he loves the baggers and he he, be the, he he bleeds blue. So it's one of those things. Well, when it, when he came on our, on our show, 
uh, in he, Melbourne. <laughs> like, that's what I mean. I like, mean, he, we just, I, I walked away going, he's going to be a, a blue bagger for life. Yeah, 100%. That's, um, what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, it's going to be up to him. And hopefully, um, <clears throat> the Colton Footy Club is showing some faith in him that he's, mm. you know, still got plenty of good footy left in him. Obviously, he's, you know, he's still playing some great role for them. He's not mm. like he's not like he's a busted old man and he's just no, on the no. way out. And, like, and he also he also on. as you as you alluded to, he, he carried them during a time when they didn't have a lot of support around him for him. Yeah. So you've got to reward loyalty, I, I reckon, a I th- little bit too. I think it's the Walsh effect as well. Like the way he's playing at the moment, he's just he's an absolute star of the competition and he's gonna be a very good player for them. So I think like they're seeing should we invest in some youth? Obviously he's gonna be very good. McCoy's gonna be very good. Um, do we, it's like, do we let Crips go and get some more money and start rebuilding like mm. around, around Walsh? That's what I, that's where I think the effect is coming from, but you'd want Crips around your club as long as you want. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I suppose just an, a, another very, f- uh, fan favorite at the, uh, at the club is, is Eddie Betts. And he spoke about Eddie last Betts. night about, uh, how he's still loving his football and he kicked three on the weekend. It was yeah. good to see him kicking, you know, uh, more, more goals. And you kind of got a sense, even talking to Eddie on, on AFL 360 last night that, he, he wants to continue playing for as long as he possibly yeah, yeah. can. And, and I, I, I love hearing that, to be honest, because I feel like we're the only sport in the world where we want to write off our, our, our stars of the competition <laughs> when they get to a certain age. I mean, yeah. if you ask any 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 NBA uh, fan, they would still want Vince Carter playing at 41 100%, years old. 100%, 100%. Like, it's just, it, it makes no sense that we are so quick to write off these players. And you can't tell me that Eddie Betts wanting to play, and if he's in a position where he continues to be um, in their best 22, mm-hmm. um, yes, you can still invest in the future, but you can also still have these fan favourites that that are so integral to the footy club. I just see it as a, like, because I'm in the last year of my contract, so in my head every week, if I'm not playing my role or giving the team um, my 100% effort and I can still perform at my best, if I'm in the best 22 and I don't care how old I am. I'm in the best 22. I don't want to be in a be in a position where I'm holding a young player out because that's when I play Mitch Robinson because I've been in the club for seven eight years or whatever it is, and he's just gonna diminish in the in the resies and not get a game because of me. If if he can take my spot, I want him to take my spot. Mm. Like come for it. Mm. Like I probably shouldn't talk about this too much, but Eli, <laughs> Eli Smith, yeah, he's a wingman and he you know he's playing in the preseason games. I was playing in the reserves. I was coming back from calf and stuff, but he was playing some great footy. And then I came back in the team and I've been playing my role and doing my thing. But he's he's just right there. He can he, like he he's not far from taking the spot if off. If you him. want to come get it, but no, but like that's what I mean. Like up. there's a lot of players. That's that's the competition that you want within your team. Um, you know, everyone talks about the grand final teams or whoever wins the premiership. They always have that healthy competition within the list, and they make the older players play at their best because you know you got little ones nipping at their feet. Like that's what it should be like at every competition or every club. And you know we've got that now in Brisbane, and I love that. Someone's, you know, knock on the door that can take my spot in a minute. It makes me play on edge. It makes me play my best footy. So with my contract and stuff going forward, if I can still get out there and do what I know I can do and um, my numbers stacking up and the coaches are happy with what I'm, my output, then I'll keep playing regardless of what age I am. I, I hate seeing the, the blokes like, if Eddie's not kicking goals or doing the pressure stuff, like what he's known for, mm. then that's probably time for him. Like then if someone's doing that better in the VFL, bring him up and give him a chance at it. Like I don't see playing in the in the VFL, the reserves, a bad thing. Mm. Like I'll, I'll still happily play for the club if I'm playing in the VFL and give me another shot to try and get in the senior team. If I get dropped or whatever it is, I still want to work my ass off to try and get it back up there. But if I can't and they're going down the, the youthful stage, then that's that's time on me. Like I'll have to pull up stumps and go somewhere else or that's, that's football. So 
I don't like people having an age barrier on you. Like, oh, you're 30 plus now. You're just not going to get a game or no, it's time no. to go out the door. Like, it's, no. I, don't, I don't like that. But that's what, that's what, that's what it is at the moment. Yeah, it, it just seems like we're the only sport in the world where we, we like to they do They love that. it. I don't like, know why. I like, just don't get it. They froth on like, getting rid of old players. Like, like Dirk Nowitzki, Dwayne uh, uh, Wade, uh, Vince yeah. Carter. Like, yeah. everyone would still want those guys playing if yeah, they could, yeah. if they wanted to. Now, they just... You know, Vince Carter, I only talk about him because he only retired last year. He yeah. was like 41 years old. Yeah, like, every club's different as well. Like Geelong, they've always got those that older list. They've always got it, and it works for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're always in the finals. They're always thereabouts playing the granny. Like, they, they understand that experiences, um, they get it from, no, let's not joke around, they get it, their experience from a lot of other teams. They recruit very well from other teams, which mm-hmm. is crazy to see, and they're doing such a good job with that. So every team's different. Um, I think we're still got like second or third youngest list in the AFL at the Lions. So I'm under no illusions that, um, you know, Father Tom might be knocking on the door soon, but I feel like I'm still playing my good footy and um, doing my part for the team, which can give me games. But yeah, it, it's all up in the play, player's head. Like I know Eddie was probably thinking, you know, get the calf, the old man injury, wasn't kicking any goals. I don't know where, where his pressure ratings, all that stuff is at, but um, he, he would probably be thinking about it. And now he's playing some good footy again. So it is like it's just it's a it's a tough one, yeah. Yeah. So now now we'll, maybe one final one because I, I came across this one and I was keen to get your thoughts. But uh, Lee Montagna actually came out and said he thought it, it's it's probably the right time now, and he believes it's the right time for the AFL to to follow other sports and introduce a captain's challenge. Where I yeah. suppose if you have a captain's challenge, those incidents like um, Zach Bailey and what we saw on the yeah. weekend uh, don't necessarily happen because you've you've got the ability to challenge a late call. Yeah. Um, where do you sit on that? Do you think that could be something that the AFL could look at doing uh, um, towards the end of next year? I'm not too sure. Obviously, you always want to back what the umpire says, um, and they get paid to do that. Um, I know we go upstairs for the the touch calls and the you know, rush behinds and all those kind of things, but maybe if we – like, we're trying to speed the game up, aren't we? So that's obviously going to take some time back out of the game. We're going down that avenue again. So I don't know whether I'd sit on, sit on that. Um, but if it was going to be – something, it'd probably be one and a half. You'd have one and a half, one, a half each. So like Geelong would have had one in the first half. We had one in the first half. You can use it whenever, but that's the only time you get one. And then the second half, you only get one each. So I think um, it would have to come from the captain. Yeah, uh, it could work, but um, then it starts changing a lot of lot of things in the game um, in those regards. But it would have been handy, obviously, um, with the Geelong one on the weekend. Obviously, they went more than 15 metres, and AFL said it did. But... Those type, those type of situations would be good, but how many games are decided on by that? Like, mm, yeah, yeah. Oh I, oh, I agree. Yeah, I don't know. If I was gonna do it, they'd have to go all in, or just go. No, don't worry about it. If they do it, I hope it's the last rule that they change for at least ten years, because yeah. again, it's the only sport in the world where the rules can change every year. Yeah, um, uh, captain's call sounds pretty cool. In like you can try it, but it has to be not too many, maybe two a game mm. max each yeah. team. So yeah. But no, it's just like it's just one of those things. It'll just be like maybe for shots on. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just a Lee Montagna. Obviously, he's been through you know a lot of AFL, and I'm, he would have been through a lot of close games and stuff. So he probably knows who he's talking about more than me. But it would have been handy in round two, that's for sure. Um, and you don't have to use them. I'd, I'd probably say, but yeah, no, it's a different one. Now, but I got one for you. Okay, what yeah. Do you, got? Go, yeah. Um, you got anything before we finish up? No, 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 no. Absolutely. Well, I thought we'd do our tips this week because my tips have been terrible. I've been terrible jeez. this year. Oh, jeez. I, I, don't know how, I don't know how we have professional tippers. I can't get my head around it. I don't think I've been that great either. Um, I suck. But we'll, first game is obviously uh, Geelong and Richmond Friday night. MCG. Who's, oh, home, who's home games, I say? Uh, I, I, I'd have to say it's Geelong's. Uh, Richmond's? It'd be Richmond's. Okay, Richmond's. Have, yeah, Geelong would be down there, wouldn't they? 
Uh, no, nah, well, sometimes they get the, the game oh, jerk, okay, okay. so I'm assuming. Uh, but but I, I would say, looking at that, I would I would think that Geelong would win that game. All right, well, they, they they got to atone for for last year, and, and that would be in the back. Oh, of Oh, the grand final rematch! Yeah. Look out! So you, 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 if if Geelong don't come out and make a statement, I'll be I'll be bitterly disappointed. All right, well, they can play this to the, their team. Um, before the game, yeah, but Sean oh, 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 I'm going. I'm going Geelong. What do you? What do you? I'm saying? going Richmond with that one. The, going, Richmond yeah. just keeps surprising me. I had I had Bulldogs last week, and I was like, told you so by halftime. Turn the game off, and then next minute, yeah, yeah. yeah but I'll nah. go Richmond. All right, we got oh. GWS and Essendon at GS. Where is that? Giant Stadium. Uh, Giant Stadium. <laughs> Giant Stadium. <laughs> yeah, Giant Stadium. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I got Giants. I got. I got. I got yeah, Greater West Sydney. Uh, I'll go Giants for that one as well. All right, all right. All right, next one we have St Kilda and Suns. Your old mob. Uh, look, to be honest, I'm really liking the way that Gold Coast are playing. Mm. Um, I had a chance to chat to Tuke Miller last week, and you do get a sense that something um, is, brewing, is brewing down, down, down there. Um, now, I just, I just in terms of the, the culture that they're trying to build and what they're trying to implement. So, um, look, I just I get a sense that St Kilda are in a really they're in a really strange situation at the moment yeah. with just how well, they they're playing. They pumped Hawthorne on the weekend. I know, I know. Like, their best that, is that, good, that, but like their the best is good. Yeah. But when they're coming up against sides that I generally feel like they're going to challenge them, you just don't know where they sit. I'm going to go Gold Coast. Yeah, I'll go Gold Coast too. Um, they're, yeah, they're putting up some some good some good footy at the moment. I do, I do rate some of their game. We play in the week after, so I actually watch that. I will watch that game. Mm. All right, mm. we got North and Collingwood. I'm going Collingwood. I'm going north. Oh, at, is that because they pushed Melbourne? Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, they were. It was six points, I think, at the start of the fourth quarter before Melbourne kind of really ran away. Yeah, with okay. It. Um, and and to be honest, you know, if 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 you David Noble, I reckon you're using what's happening at Collingwood and giving your side a sense of confidence to go. That's true. You know what we can genuinely take into this team. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of commentary uh, and criticism that's come for Collingwood. And geez, could you imagine the what the headlines if they if they do happen to lose to North Melbourne? The guy kicks four and has 16 touches. You got right. it. So you're, you're going Collingwood. I'm going Collingwood, and it's also the second time ever I think that a coach is playing a coaching against one of those Stuart or sons. Mm, so yeah, I saw that. So that's yep. uh, John Noble, obviously his son. Um, yeah, that'd be pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, Sydney and Melbourne at MCG. I'm going to go Melbourne. Uh, yeah, Melbourne. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Adelaide, Port Adelaide, the big showdown. I think Port will have a very big game this weekend and win by a lot. I agree. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think Adelaide will be um, able to do anything. If I know Ken Hinckley at all, which I don't really at all, but I, I dare say he's going <laughs> to I, I, want I, to respond this way. He will just go nuts and they'll come out and have one of the best games of the year. I would say Port. Comfortably, yeah. No offense, Adelaide. Like I'll shout out Ben Keys by the way. He's killing it for them. He's he's playing really well. He's, like, probably, he's, he's leading the BNF at the moment, no doubt. Yeah, he's uh, he's done really him. well given obviously how he exited Brisbane. And um, there's an article about him today that he was ready to pack up and go to Melbourne and do some study and play for someone's VFL team. But he is um yeah. Shout out to Ben Ben Keys. I uh, love you and you're doing very good. You make me proud. Uh, very nice. <laughs> now Sunday we've got the uh, one ten game Hawthorne versus the West Coast Eagles. Uh, Eagles. Eagles, yeah, Eagles. Yeah, yeah. I think they're yeah. They're starting to find their mojo. Um, everyone's always questioning about how they travel, mm. but I think that they'll they'll get over the line against Hawks. Yeah, absolutely. Now Western Bulldogs v Carlton. Um, you know what? I'm gonna go Smokey. Yeah, I'm gonna say the Blues. Uh, what 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 gives you confidence in the Blues against the Bulldogs? Who are I'm a Blue Dog. I don't know. They're very they're a very good team, <laughs> but I just have a feeling that the Blues might come out and just push them all the way. 
and, oh. and Cripps will kill it in the last quarter. All right. I'm going, I'm going the Bulldogs. And, yeah, of course, so the so. final game is yeah. Brisbane v Fremantle. Yeah, we'll go Lions. We are, okay. Well, we both probably should go Lions. Yeah, that yeah, that makes should. a lot of sense. We All should. right. So coffee's next week. Whoever yeah, yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. All right. We'll put them in. He's bringing coffees. Um, that is all we have for today. I am wrapped with the way it's went. We haven't lost, we haven't lost a beat, have we? No, nah, no, nah, mate. This is, this is, and again, I feel like I've arrived. You yeah. know, the, the monitors are here. They're going to, sponsors are going to be crawling through the door. Yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, there's, I think there's some outside. We're nah, just locked, we, we've I locked just them saw out the, the, the camera. Here. There's actually some at the front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. after we nearly finished. Yeah. <laughs> what are you watching? <laughs> okay, jeez. No relax, relax. Yeah, there's, yeah. there's room for everyone. No, but Sean Tobin, I appreciate you coming up the highway, mate. It's always good to see you. Thanks, Jack, on the decks. Thanks, Jazz, sitting in the corner and looking at us, giving me some thumbs up and stuff. Yeah, appreciate at it. that. We've got the team. The team is building. <laughs> yeah, we and are. we've arrived. The we've four got of us going now. The four of us are here. No, thanks for coming to that. It's Rip Through a Podcast, episode 42. Let's go. Chat to SEN for letting us um, use our studio too. Absolutely. Thank you, Hachi. Thank you, Hachi.